0: Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you. Father, we pray everything done and said will be to the upbuilding your kingdom, that it will go out, it will not return void. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So, this man and woman had been working on cleaning out the house, and they had been going through this long process, and he had kind of piled all his stuff up and threw it away. And and the wife had went through all of her clothes, and she had washed and folded all these clothes. he said, what are you doing? We're going to throw these clothes away. And she was like, no, you don't understand. I have to donate them. And he was like, this is a waste of time. What are you doing? Just throw them away. We're done. And she said, honey, there are starving people in the world that need these clothes. He paused for a second and said, sweetheart, if they are starving, your clothes aren't going to do them any good. Funeral will be next Tuesday. <clears throat> uh uh what the <laughs> sermon! it's so much pressure on the joke, it's not even funny. <clears throat> uh, so what we what we're gonna talk about today, man, if my book will stay open. What we're gonna talk about today is um not letting our love grow cold. Uh, we we are in a relationship with God. and, and like any other relationship, you know when you I don't know. Some of y'all might not be young enough to remember it, but you know, probably some of you didn't have this opportunity. But like when Crystal and I first started dating, we would like—I mean, we didn't have cell phones. We had house phones, right? We would sit on the phone. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up, right? I mean, y'all didn't do that, right? I mean, like some of y'all had like carrier pigeons that went back and forth. No, no, you, no. But I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But, but when that relationship is young and, and and hot and, and warm and passionate. It, it, it's, a, it's amazing, right? Everything feels better. The flowers smell better. The air tastes better. The sun's brighter. Everything's wonderful, right? And it's hard to maintain that. Well, partly because it's a fairy tale. And, and, but mostly it's hard because it takes both people working very hard in a relationship to make a relationship work. And even now, we've been married almost 23 years, and we go on date night, and we take weekends, and we go out of town, right? And we still try really hard for that relationship to stay warm and and tight. But our relationship with God, God's doing all of his parts. He's showing up every day. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. So if you can, for just a second, flip it. Like, you know, if you ever go to any kind of marriage counseling, and I've never been to marriage counseling, but I've done a little bit, so I've read some books on how to do it and try to be better prepared. So one of the exercises you do in marriage counseling sometimes is to flip um, people. Like, for a minute, you become the wife and she becomes the husband, right? And we look at each other from different perspectives. Like, we try to look at what she sees in me versus what I see in her, right? Right? So if you tried to flip the perspective and look from God's point of view, right? just for a second, are you a good person in your relationship? Do you show up and do what you're supposed to do? Do you spend quality time? And I'm not stepping on toes, I'm just saying this is real, right? We're in a relationship with God and we're not supposed to let our love grow cold because what happens is, in our relationship with God the better relationship we have with God the tighter we are walking where God wants us to walk what actually happens is is we become a better beacon to the community right our our light is brighter the closer our relationship is with God the brighter our light shines to the community so the inverse of that is true right so the less tight we go with God the dimmer our impact is on our society. And I hear, right, I hear, well, you know, it's hard to be passionate in public, right? No PDA. I mean, I can't walk around yelling, praise Jesus down the street. I get it. You know, you know, I don't want you to yell in public. I mean, who would yell in public, right? I mean, yesterday afternoon at about five o'clock, I watched 300 people watch a JV softball game and they yelled and clapped and jumped up and down and whistled and hooped and hollered and did all kinds of stuff. And not a single person there thought, man, those people are acting weird. The passion was there. Everybody was excited to be there. Everybody thought we was, man, it was great. And they were winning and we were winning. And then we won just in case y'all needed to know. We won. And then it was even better, right? But the passion is there, so you can't say I'm not passionate, right? And it might not be a JV softball game that you care about. It might be a football team or a basketball team or hockey or it might be Olympic curling. I don't know. It might be a beauty pageant. It might be anything. But we have passion and we have a love and drive for the things that we enjoy, whether it's hunting and fishing or ball or or whatever you do. And all I ask you to do is to measure your passion for your hobbies against the passion for your relationship with God. And I'm going to tell you, if I have to do that, mine fails miserably. And I try really hard to have a good relationship with God, but when I measure it against everything else I have going on, I fail miserably. So it's something I need to work on, right? I mean, that's what you talk about in in relationships. If you talk about um, like marriage counseling, you don't just say, well, I failed, so I guess it's over. No, you say, well, I'm not doing exactly like I should, so what? Maybe we should change. Maybe we should work a little harder. Maybe we should show up a little bit more. Maybe I could take out the trash. Maybe I could not leave my dirty underwear on the floor. Maybe I could buy our flowers every once in a while. I mean, right? I mean, that's what happens, right? When you're in a relationship, you try to adjust to fit the needs of others, right? I mean, that's what you do. And, and, and that's why dating is so important in the growing up process, because Right, we're self-centered, right? When you're a young kid, you're self-centered. So when you have to date someone, it changes your life. It change, I can't just do what I want to do. I have to think then about the other person, right? All right, so in Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 24, and I'm going to tie this all together. We're going to have some ebbs and flows in this, but it's coming. Uh, chapter 24, verse 12 of the Gospel of Matthew. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm in the end will be saved. All right? So it, 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 the problem is, is this. It's hard to be nice to people when they're not nice to you. Right? It's hard to be a good spouse if your spouse isn't a good spouse as well. Right? It's hard to be good in a relationship if you feel like the relationship is one-sided. Right? It's hard. And so when you look at the world, right, Jesus said, you'll know they're my people because they love each other. And then when we go into the world and spread the gospel, right, and we preach the gospel of love and joy and peace, and the people don't receive it, it's difficult for us to show up and continue to do it. Right? It's difficult when people are not receiving of you. And I know I've used this example before, but I'm going to use it again. Years ago, when Joel and, and Kirby and, and Caleb, maybe, and the youth group that's now in their 30s, God bless us, when we're getting old. Anyway, we, we, we went to the Catfish Festival, and, and we, had a, we had a tent. And we weren't raising money. We were giving stuff away. We tried really hard. We had free games. We had free prizes. We had free cold water. People wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it. Like, would you like a free water? No. And go, you know, two doors down and pay fifty for a bottle of water. And it was the most weird situation I've ever been in. Where we showed up with the right reason, on the right time, with the right motivation to give people some Jesus. Just here. It's free. You can take it. And I thought the lesson was going to be a lesson of service. That we were going to waste our Saturday standing around Giving stuff to people, and the lesson was not that at all. The lesson was is we showed up with everything that they needed for free, and they wouldn't take it. And man, that was a much better lesson. I mean God did a such much better job p- preparing that lesson than I did, right? I was you know just thinking about it's during turkey season and we got here at like eight o'clock in the morning so I didn't get to hunt. we wasted most of our day at the catfish festival. And, and that was my lesson, right? Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. That's what That was the lesson that we teach in the youth group. We were here to serve. But the lesson was that it, when we tried to give away. Now, some people took it, right? There were some that took. There were some who accepted what we had as a free gift, right? I mean, right? There's some that accepted. But there were many more who needed what we had, who wanted what we had, who would not take it. And it was difficult then, I mean, I was offended, right? I was offended. We went through all of this thing when we washed out coolers and we bought cases of drinks and we toted stuff and tables and tents. And I was offended that we went through all this effort and yet they refused to take what we were giving them for free. And it was hard then to not let our love grow cold, right? But in fact, it turned into a very good teaching moment. Well, today, in this world... And what we have going on right now, it is even more difficult to be a Christian. It is even more difficult to show up and give people the love of God. Why? Because people have a hard time taking it. And I heard a very good, um, I had a, I heard a very good example recently, and I want to share it with you. And a lot of people, a lot of people, like, they, I don't want to go to church because I was at church one time and they did me wrong, or they mistreated me, or they said something they shouldn't have. And that happens, right? It happens. People are offended. People say things they shouldn't. Situations happen that they shouldn't. I get it. I understand. But the example is this. If you've ever heard Beethoven and you watch somebody play Beethoven poorly, are you mad at Beethoven? Or you mad at the person who played it poorly. I mean, think about it, right? If you ever heard a beautiful song that could be your favorite song, and you heard somebody butcher it at karaoke, did you then not like the person who sung it? Did you scratch them off your favorite artist list because somebody did it poorly? No. You didn't even consider it. So when you're talking about loving God and, and having a relationship with God because somebody portrayed God poorly... Does that mean you shouldn't have a relationship with God? <laughs> As Paul would say, by no means. By no means. It's actually a poor reflection of God. <laughs> even the best church is a poor reflection of God. We're not perfect. We can't claim to be perfect. In fact, that's what makes Christianity so special is we revel in our imperfectionist. That's not even a good word. We revel in our, our shortcomings. We revel in that God gave us grace and love when we didn't earn it. <clears throat> um, First Timothy. Oh, too many stickers. Uh, First Timothy chapter four. Well, wait a minute. I marked the wrong scripture. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to read it. I don't think it's right, but anyway, First uh, Timothy uh, chapter four verse eleven. I command to teach these things. Do not let anyone lay, look down on you because of you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not let, let neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy. When the body of elders laid hands on you. So when we have this opportunity, whether we're young or older or white or black or male or female, we have this opportunity to every day when we show up in God's world, right, to show as a beacon of God's love. And really in our relationship with God... The better we are with the relationship of God, the better it shows on the outside, right? It's the song that Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life, right? The closer we have that relationship to God, whether we're young or old or white or black or green or pink or male or female, and, you know, there are males and females, just in case anybody forgot last week that they didn't know what that meant. Um, I mean, you know, maybe it's a difficult situation, it's male and female, That we have the opportunity to walk closer with God in our relationship, to fan our love, to continue to grow closer to Him, to meditate on God's Word, to understand who He made us to be, to have a better relationship with Him. And the more we do, and the better we do it, the better we become to our friends, to our families, to our co-workers, to our children, to our spouses. The better our relationship is with God, the better a relationship we have with the folks around us. So we really have to watch over our heart and guard it that we do not become callous. We do not become negative. That we do not have a scowl permanently on our face. That when we walk closer to God, that we start to develop the... the, Fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I know, like my last, I don't know, four or five sermons, all end up back in the same, and it's like I'm going around in a circle, and they all end up back in the same pot. Man, it's so important. It's so important for the body of Christ, for us to show up, to not let our glove grow cold, to continue to do what God sent us to do, to answer the calling that's been put on our life. To have the passion for him that he had for us. And like I said, you can say, well, I don't got no passion. Well, I tell you what, if you'd have been at Westcott yesterday and watched the ball game, if you didn't have. uh, So the, the ball game was between two high schools. At one point in time, I stopped and looked at the crowd. There were seven high schools watching that game. There were people from all the other schools watching the game that was taking place and yelling and screaming. And, and, you know, they don't have any reason to pull for one team or the other, but they split. Half was pulling for this team and half was pulling for this team. And the passion, I mean, it, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to see. It was amazing to watch. And you say, well, you know, I understand that's ball, but you can't do that for God. Really? How not? We can't be who we're supposed to be we can't show up and, 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 and be excited to be here, to sing our praise and worship like we're supposed to, hmm? D- to praise God like we're supposed to, you know, I mean, pregame, I know pregame has a different meaning, but when, when I get up on Sunday morning, almost every Sunday morning, not exactly every Sunday morning, because that wouldn't be true, but I try really hard almost every Sunday morning at about 8 o'clock, I turn on praise and worship, and I listen to praise and worship nonstop until uh, I get here about nine ish most of the time today i was a little bit late but i listened to that praise and worship for an hour now i don't always sing in praise and worship sometimes i sing in praise and worship but i want it to be filled up in the inside of me when we start singing in here it is to set the table for what god's got for you and i'm going to tell you i've only been a pastor for a few years right almost five years now and it you know Seven, eight years as an AP to fill in, as Barney would, my one little bullet, as Granddaddy would call me. But I can tell you, un, I can't count the number of times that I preached on said topic, right, whatever it is. And as I preached, I did the best I know how. And when I got done, whether it's via Facebook or on television or at the back door or as a text or a phone call later in the week, somebody would call me and tell me, man, I'm sure glad you said this because I really needed to hear it. And I have a pretty good memory, right, sometimes. And I go, I know for certain I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's not part of my sermon. And I've actually had two or three times written down what they said I said. Went back and listened to my entire sermon and never, ever, ever came out of my lips. Never came out of my lips. So I'm going to tell you, as we have our relationship with God, when we get into a place where we want to receive God's Word, the Holy Spirit's working on y'all to hear what you need to hear. So all I'm saying is, if as I offend you, maybe it wasn't me. It might have been the Holy Spirit. It might have not been me at all. I might have not said what offended you. It might have been somebody else. No, no, I'm teasing. But it is amazing how when we get into fostering our relationship with God to doing our part, to coming to the table, right? Because I mean, you know, I mean, you can be a Christian and not come to church. I'm not arguing that. You can be a fan and never go to a game, too. But the best fans, they go to the game. And the best Christians, they come to church. The people who want that relationship who need that time of praise and worship who need that relationship to fan and grow they come here all right and they don't come here here they come to church hebrews <clears throat> mm, this is a tough scripture to read but you need to hear it. so hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 see to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you are hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we have come to share in Christ, and indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. It is tough to not allow other things to come in front of church, it is tough to not allow other things to not come in front of your spouse. And I I know I keep going back to that example, but that is the, I mean, the body of Christ is the bride of Christ, right? I mean, it it, it is. We are being prepared for a marriage, right? So when you you think about it on a daily basis, whether you're a good spouse or a bad spouse, that's not my job. But if you're going to be a good spouse, you put your spouse first, right? Over your own personal, I mean, I don't get to, I mean, as much as y'all don't believe this or Crystal doesn't believe this, I don't get to just go and do what I want to do all day, every day. I don't. You can look at me like that all you want. I promise. I do. I put Crystal first. A lot of times I work hard to make sure that she has what she wants and she gets to do what she gets to do and she, she takes care of herself, right? I mean, I do. They, I mean, that, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, as a spouse, we are supposed to be working hard to make sure that we show up on our side of the relationship that they don't feel like a single parent, right? I mean, you know. And look, sometimes it's, it's people work at night or on the road or stuff happens and we have jobs and we have things that we have to do to provide for our family. And I understand that. But that sacrifice is made for the family. And sometimes, I mean, you know, we have work that happens and we have to work on Sunday. I get it. I understand. But when we're talking about our relationship with God, we have a lot of things that show up between us us. In God, that, um, who was the old people that used to sing the excuses song? Remember? Is that, that, that wasn't Oak Ridge Boys, so was, who was it? Y'all you know, remember the old Christian song, excuses, excuses, I hear them every day, right? Everybody had to stay home to blow one, because one kid had a snotty nose, right? I mean, that's what the song said. We come up with all the reasons why we couldn't come to church until we get to church, right? We have all of the stuff that happens of why I can't read my Bible today till it's time to go to bed. We have all of the reasons why we can't walk closer in a relationship until we can run out, of, run out of reasons. Yet, I mean, I'm sure you caught up on all the Netflix shows or all the gossip on Facebook or all the other stuff, right? I mean, you know, l- let me tell you, living in a small town, let something happen on Facebook, I get like six screenshots of it. Oh, did you see this? Oh, did you see this? Oh, t-? yeah. I mean, literally, about three weeks ago, I had like six screenshots of the same thing over and over and over. I wish we got some of those in scripture. Well, let me tell you about what God did today. Well, let me tell you about this opportunity I had to witness. See, that, that, that's, the, that's the hard part. We get so tangled up in today's world and today's society and the things that's going on. I mean, even the, the silly ball game, right? I mean, it was, it was, we were tangled up. I mean, we were there. and We were enthralled. We were, I mean, it was riveting, but it's not more important than God. And I did get in timeout yesterday. I, I yelled loudly. Y'all ever been somewhere to where like stuff's going on and everybody's loud and then like all of a sudden it gets really quiet and then you say something and it echoes? Now, I did that yesterday. I, I, I had an opportunity where everything, like the whole, like everybody in the entire ballpark stopped and waited for me to yell something stupid amongst the whole entire crowd. And it echoed off the trees back to me. I'm like, oh, was really loud but I was right it was a it was a fair ball I mean that is ridiculous it did hit the bag but I mean that that's beside the point it's beside the point we have to put our passion that we have for everyday stuff for worldly stuff at the same level for our passion for God and if we did I mean if we did man we would be such better Christians we would be such better examples we would do so much better for the world we would have so many more souls that we went in. Our church would be more full. We would have stuff going on. And it's tough. It's tough. And, and, and look, if you look at Jesus as a measuring stick, we fail every time. He's not a measuring stick. He is the example that we are supposed to live to. He is our goal, our never attainable goal. Right? Paul, we're going to continue to run the race until the race is over. But as we grow, and as we mature, and as our relationship develops, we start to be better and better. All right, so y'all knew we were getting ready to read this scripture, right? Galatians... <clears throat> Uh, Chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 7. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man who reaps what he sows, or whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh, they will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit, they will reap eternal life. uh, Verse 9, Mama's favorite verse, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Right? I don't like preaching don't do's. Right? I don't like preaching don't do's. Don't act like this. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Don't do this. I like preaching do's. In this, we have to continue to strive to act how we're supposed to act. We are not supposed to grow weary in doing good. We, we do the do's, right? We continue to do what we're supposed to do. We continue to, and we, ha- we didn't. I was a poor example. but We did not go back to the Catfish Festival and try to give away free water again. I don't know why. I just didn't think about it or I was worried about killing a turkey or whatever. But we have to continue to do right because it's right. We have to continue to show up and and foster that relationship with God because that's who we were created to be. He created us with a free will to have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. And he sent his son, blameless and holy, to die and suffer the cross and the beating and the torment and the torture for us. That's his part of the relationship. Jesus showed up to be the flesh part of the relationship. And I'm going to tell you, I don't like owing anybody anything, right? I don't like being on the negative end of relationships. It's, it hurts my personality. I'm a giver. I want to outgive you. I don't, it's not a competition. It probably is, but it's not, I'm not competing. I just like to give. I always want to be on the giving end. And I can't outgive God. Because every time I think I've outgived God or I've done more than He would done, or I think back to the cross and go, yep, nope, not even close. Not even close. I haven't come anywhere close to measuring to that stick. So as our relationship grows with God, and, and you think, well, man, I have really worked hard for God this week. I got a lot of stuff going on, but I have really worked hard. Not even close so as we foster our relationship with him, we protect our heart. And King Solomon said in Proverbs that we were supposed to protect our heart above all things. That we keep our heart from growing cold to the world that is wicked. I mean, you think about the world that Jesus came into. Was the world wicked? Oh, man. There was not even a glimmer of hope in the world without Christ. The church that was was evil and deceptive and evil and treacherous. And Jesus came into the world where we would have hope and hope in him. And he lived his life according to his uh, purpose. He served what he was supposed to do. He took my sin and your sin and he nailed it to the cross. He did everything he was supposed to do. Paid in full. That we were redeemed from the curse. Least we can do is show up. I mean at minimum we we gotta show up, right? As we move forward, tough times, right? It's tough times. With the craziness in the media and the craziest on social media and the stuff that's going on and the and the filth that's in our world, we have to protect even more our families and our spouses and our church family, but we have to be the shining beacon. They say it gets darkest right before dawn. You don't need a flashlight when it's dark. I mean, when it's light. You need the light of the world when it's the darkest. So if we're getting into dark times, we have to get to the place to where our light shines more and more and more in every situation that we're put in, in every opportunity that we have, that we are walking close enough to God that what's happening on the inside of us is a light to the world. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We pray it will not return void. We just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. If anybody has a need for...